Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. Just letting you guys know before we start the show that today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Right now, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com MNR14 and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title on us and start listening today. It's that easy, guys. Go to audibletrial.com MNR14 to start your free 30-day trial membership. Peace. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning, wherever you are. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Mario. Welcome to a Straight Out of Islington podcast, a an Arsenal podcast. Uh, just before we start the show, just letting you guys know, you can find us on all social media. Links are in the description down below. And if you're listening on iTunes, can you please give us a five star rating if uh, if you fancy it? You know, gets us uh, more notices, and uh, you know, it makes us. Uh, feel good so um if uh, if you do want to give us a five-star rating obviously it's um pure uh uh pure voluntary uh but if you do i appreciate it thank you very much also guys sign up for the newsletter i'm not gonna blast you with a bunch of garbage it's literally just letting you know that the podcast is out and uh, i might put like some links on there for articles that i might find interesting on the club but for right now it's just letting you guys know that the podcast is out so all of those links and all of that good stuff is in the description down below so the start of the season has obviously become upon us if that makes any sense uh this sunday arsenal newcastle um obviously we knew that there was going to be some makeshift lineups coming into the fray the new boys um, were were not uh, featured, um, but uh, but we did feature some nineteen year olds, some really terrible what thirty thirty two year olds, um, and to discuss more on this uh, on this um, this match, I have Don Raul Ebening, otherwise known as uh, Ryan. Ryan, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Oh, good evening to you, Mario. Good, good evening. Good, um, I, for, yeah, for you it's good evening. For me, it's good night. Yes. <laughs> Buenas noches. Indeed, indeed. Uh, good, good to be back on and discuss uh, an away victory, an away clean sheet at that. Can you believe it? Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, we're checking all the right ticks uh, for the beginning of the season, despite having a makeshift lineup. Obviously, you... Um, you talked about this on the last podcast where we have a couple of players that are still out uh, and won't be coming back till uh, a couple of weeks. So uh, this is the starting lineup that we had. Uh, we have injuries. We have gang turf warfare. Um, you know, Arsenal's involved in everything, um, it seems, not just uh, football. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, Saeed and uh, Ozil are having some issues. Uh, they're not going to be returning anytime soon. I don't think so, uh, unless things have changed. Um, but uh, we could have used them. Uh, Ryan, uh, I don't know. Uh, what, what are your thoughts uh, on, on this match? Clearly, we were talking about it in the group, but um, I know I know you had some, some really interesting points there. Yeah, I mean, in general, looking at, I mean, look at the lineup to start. I don't think there's a ton of surprises there. Uh, I think we kind of previewed it on last week's pod, kind of trying to predict would we go three at the back or back four. So I was happy to see a back four. Uh, I think he, you know, he played the guys who were 100% fit, and I, 
you know, the guys who got most of the minutes in preseason. So that, you know, that made sense, especially considering you had, um, you know, new signings, uh, Pepe and Ceballos and Luis, uh, not, not, quite integrated hundred percent and, and fully match fit for 90 minutes. Lacazette was obviously battling a little bit of a niggle. So he was, you know, not going to start. And I think he was really there for, uh, you know, break glass in case of emergency. I think that's why you saw uh, Martinelli come on. Cause you know, Lacazette wasn't going to play unless, you know, Arsenal were in a dire situation. They absolutely needed to, to throw on their goal scorers. So um, yeah, overall, I mean, um, we saw, you know, back four that consisted of, uh, just essentially is a new signing in Callum Chambers. If you think about it, I know he's, you know, been at Arsenal for, for many years, but he hasn't been, he hasn't played for the club in two seasons. So he, he really is a, a new signing in that regard. So, um, thought him and Socrates partnered up, uh, pretty well, uh, didn't have a ton of, uh, you know, danger coming their way uh, with the Newcastle attack. But I think, um, you know, it was promising signs. I, I still have my question marks regarding Chambers, um, but I think he was uh, did a really professional job on Sunday. Uh, clean, clean the stuff up when it came his way. He didn't mess about with the ball, kind of kept it very simple, very just kind of, you know, rugged, professional throwback uh, center half performance. So, um, and that was, that was good to see. Other than that, yeah, I was, I was impressed with, uh, the young kids you mentioned, uh, Willick and Nelson, who, um, I think both of them, you could say earned their starting places, uh, based on their performance in the preseason. And I think they were, I think they played very maturely. I think I would be the best way to describe it. Um, they weren't sensational. I, I think they both had a, a bright few moments that that kind of highlighted their their uh, you know their physical and technical abilities. But I, I, I felt like they played a very mature and professional uh, match for them. You know, they they kept things simple. They kept the ball moving. They didn't they didn't try to force passes or dribbles when they weren't there. Um, I think that was that was uh, very promising to see from from young players, especially those guys. Well. It was Nelson's first start in the league. I you know Willick started against Burnley last game of the season, but uh, to go away from, to home like that and to have that kind of sense of level-headedness and, and overall maturity, I think was uh, that's very promising to see. So, um, yeah, and that was uh, going into the match, and um, you know that's uh, kind of I think expectations from that point on were, you know, I don't think it was ever going to be a a mesmerizing, you know, just blow them out of the water type performance because of a, it was a bit of a mismatch starting 11. And uh, I think that that showed throughout uh, really the whole match, but but definitely uh, the first half for sure. Yeah, I mean, like we, we all know that it wasn't going to be a, um, you know, the lineup that we want to see uh, coming in. And uh, yeah, there's there's definitely some gelling that needs to be done. Uh, granted, uh, you know, the likes of Ceballos coming in and Pepe Martinelli, um, they're not integrated into the team as of yet, which kind of debunked my whole thing, man, they're fit, get them into the team. But the reason why new players, um, even though they're fit, they don't get integrated into the team because, uh, of things like this, there wasn't that, 
fluidity. There was a lot of giving up of the ball. Uh, I was noticing, um, you know, Pepe uh, for whatever, he just wasn't on the ball, but clearly he come, he, he came in um, very late in the half and uh, the second half uh, Martinelli, he looks strong. Um, I, I, I was definitely very surprised by him. He's tall and he seems like he's pretty quick. Um which is which is good to see up up front. Uh, I think both both all, all three of the excuse me all three of the players that came in have a promising future. Um, and 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 look like we 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 know the positives out of this match. We won. We kept a clean sheet. Um, we didn't cave under pressure. Um, I don't think Newcastle for the most part didn't give a lot of pressure. Um, but there there were some. Mm, like when that what was it that guy uh saint saint maximine or Ma- Ma- maximine yep maximine uh dude it looked <laughs> he looked scary um he scared me a couple of times um was dancing through the defense there and especially you know our back line is not too quick uh apart from uh, maitland niles um and 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 we know that this isn't going to be the lineup. And uh, I mean, if we had Mesut Ozil and and uh, Kalasinac, they would have slotted into the team, surely, right? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, with Mesut, I think you know, kind of infamously, he's always, you know, for some reason or other, kind of missed out on these northern away trips. Um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know if it's tactical or. He just doesn't like traveling <laughs> that far <laughs> north, uh, north of uh, northern England. But um, so I'm not necessarily sure. Um, I, I would have said he, you know, if, if uh, without his off the field issues, which of, of course are no fault of his own, but um, based off his his fitness and form in the preseason, it would have been interesting to see if he would have gotten the start over you know, either Mkhitaryan or even, you know, Reese Nelson, of course. And, but how would he have fit in that system? Uh, we've got Joe Willick played as the 10. So obviously that's, that's naturally kind of Mesut's preferred and best position. Um, so that, yeah, that, that remains to be seen. Um, and then class match. I, I don't know. I, you know, to be honest, I, I, I prefer, I really do prefer Montreal and the left back spot. Um, mm. class I think is just, He's too much of a one-way sprinting attacking player. He just doesn't he doesn't do enough off the ball. He doesn't do enough 1v1, um, you know, in defensive islands. I don't think he's technical enough to really be a high volume kind of passer, mover of the ball in that left flank. I think Montreal, even though his his physical abilities are are obviously decreased. And um I think luckily. Newcastle played, I believe Isaac Hayden, who's like a defensive midfielder, <laughs> basically playing on kind of the right sided midfielder. So I think they did us favors there by not playing like a an actual out and out wide forward, like a like a Saint Maximin from the start, because I think that uh, that is what gives Montreal issues is is just pace and direct uh, running at him. So, um, but I think that's I mean Nacho's kind of I think he's looked worse in the past 
year and a half or so is, was when we have kind of switched that back three wing back. That's not his best position. He is a natural left back in a, in a back four. So I think he looked, I think he had a pretty good game. I think he, uh, you know, again, didn't come under a lot of danger defensively. And I think he, you know, did what he does in the, in the attack and the middle third is retain possession, kind of cycle it, get it back to the midfielders. And uh, he did create one good chance to Mkhitaryan, which which he then blasted over. Um, oh my so, god! Yeah, and then then we come to Mkhitaryan, which is kind of a, I mean, you know, he's got to be done at this club. Well, here's the thing. Um, listen, he he creates the best chance in the first half for Obama Yang. There's not, I mean, he he absolutely just lofts a, a beautiful ball over the top. Time, you know, picks out the run perfectly. Timing of it is perfect. The weight of it, right on Aubameyang's boot, which which uh, he he connects with his with his left and forces a save. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see that, and you're like, okay, that's 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 not a bad player. Like somebody somebody who can do that, who can pick his head up and just ping that ball in like that. Like that's a good player. But then the the flip side of that is he can't properly hit a five or ten yard pass. And he boots it out to touch, or he, you know, uh, plays it back, underhits it to Guendouzi, which creates a turnover and puts us under pressure. So it's 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 the simple things and it's lack of consistency. But I think I think if you look at it, if everyone is fit and in form, I don't think Megatarian makes a starting eleven when we play, you know, in the league. I think in that position, that's Nicholas Pepe. You've got Aubameyang and Lacazette fill out the other two spots. And so Mkhitaryan's a, a option off the bench and he's a starter in your Europa league and cup games, which listen, all the, all the stick he's getting and deservedly so for not being able to, to do the simple things on Sunday. It's, it's not a bad option to have. If that, if that guy's a, you know, part of the 18 and, and a kind of rotational starting midfielder. So I, I'm not, I'm not like, uh, you know, listen, he's going to play. He's, he's, don't think we're going to you know move him so um i don't want i don't want to see him become you know that not that it matters what what the assholes on twitter say by any means but mm. i don't want to see him become the mustafi of <laughs> the attack right like he's he's got decent enough qualities where he's actually he's going to contribute to this team scoring goals so uh yeah you'd like to see him cut out the like i said the 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 5 10 yard misplaced passes but Overall, I, I don't think he was as bad as as Twitter would make it seem on the day. Yeah, it almost looks like he's not. He's got that that Mesut Ozil face, you know, like not interested, uh, doesn't like what he doesn't the, just doesn't seem like he likes to be playing there. Um, and I I'm, I don't know the guy. So, like, I mean, that's just my assumption. But um you are right. I mean, he did have a beautiful pass to to Obama. It's those little sparks that, like you were saying, it's a great rotational player to have. We know his history. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, coming from Dortmund, um, huge player that he was there. Um, you know, you never really saw those sparks in, at Manchester United. Not necessarily here, although you do see them here and there, especially with that pass to Obama Yang. So, I mean, I do agree for all the stick that he gets. Um, it's, he's not a bad player to have on the bench. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, what I would like to see from him is just picking it up a little bit more, you know, like he's definitely slow. Like you saw his pace was just not 
there and I get he's not a pacey player but uh not a, a good option nonetheless for your Europa Cup games and and whatnot but uh you know we still had a strong bench uh, I don't think we've had a strong bench like this in a long time you had Martinelli Pepe Ceballos Martinez uh, David Luiz Lacassette Torreira um it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good starting. Uh, sorry, pretty good starting bench. Um, my concern is, though, uh, Ryan. I wanted to ask you: Is uh, Lucas Torreira kind of under the radar right now? Um, I feel does does he slot into a first uh, team when everybody's fit and everybody's back like you know obviously when you get Savios and Pepe uh you know Tierney uh all those players um gelling does does Lucas Torreira have a spot on the starting 11 I don't know that he's got a nail down spot I mean I think um again these are these are good problems to have especially if looks like again Jaka is going to be a looks like a a mainstay in the starting 11 so mm. if you're if we're if you're looking at the formation we played you've got you know two deeper midfielders which is Jaka and Guendouzi and then an advanced midfielder who you know Willick played that role so um does Torreira f- you know could he play as a could now can you tweak it and play a 4-3-3 so you you drop you know, you kind of have a deep line playmaker like Xhaka, then Guendouzi and Andrea, uh, you know, kind of side uh, saddling them on either side. I, I think that would fit better for him if you're going to do that. But if you're playing a 4-2-3-1, um, you know, I, again, I think the performance of Guendouzi was, was, he was excellent. Uh, he was, he was progressive. He wanted the ball. Um, you know, I think he has showed some, some physical side of, to his game, which I think is, was always going to, develop and, and come and then that's that's good to see that it that's kind of uh he, he's realized that as well so i don't i don't th- i think he's definitely a, a pretty close to a shoe in and, and one of those midfield spots so mm-hmm. i think Torreira kind of like last year he, you know he didn't didn't start right away obviously it was his it was his first year at the club and new league new country uh he's coming back from from Copa America. So he should, you know, by, by this weekend, he should be just about fully fit. So that's, uh, that's something to watch. But again, um, I think he kind of burnt out towards the end of last season and really faded. Um, so I think he, these are, these are problems where, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. If, if guys like Torreira, Xhaka, Guendouzi, now Willick, who has shown he can, you know, I think more than hold his own in the starting 11, um, when you when you got guys fighting for starting spots and rotating and keeping guys fresh and, and managing injuries and, and preventing injuries by rotating, this is this is what we've been needing to have for for mm-hmm. years is a solid rotational depth where you don't lose quality if one or two guys are either on the bench or out through injury suspension or just just resting. So um, this is this is a good this is a good thing I, I believe and not a um, you know, again, now Amory's got to manage these guys and he's got to, he's got to get them enough minutes and, and explain his vision to them. So they're, they're on board. And that's, that's probably the biggest challenge he's going to have is, is keeping all those guys satisfied and hungry and, and focused and informed. So my, my only concern is, and I'm looking at this yet, you know, it's still, I'm still positive about this win. Um, but, you know, Newcastle were poor as well like they were they were shit poor um didn't didn't really 
um, give give Arsenal a run for their money. You know, there wasn't like those brilliances. Almiron, like you know, straight up South American, loves to you know over over embellish um, tackles and whatnot. Um, uh, my only criticism and concern is okay. This was a give me, like almost, you know, almost a get out of jail free card. Newcastle were poor on the day. Burnley should be the same thing, but our third match is against a league contender in Liverpool. I mean, you know, Tierney's out still, um, and and, and all these guys still need to gel. Um, how how does how do you think Unai Emery um will line up against those tough tough like tough teams right like do you you know put it aside and say you know what screw it um these guys haven't gelled properly but they're gonna go into it or does he ease them into it and start you know the youngsters even though they for the most part had a good game you could still see that there is that need for improvement from these guys i mean they're still young so they're still learning but i guess that's my only concern is you gotta you gotta figure it out in the next two matches. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, and then although we do look at the big matches as a, as a big kind of measuring stick and I, I don't, I don't put as much stock in that, especially this early on, even though it is Liverpool and they're going to, you know, compete for the title. Um, you, you have to, you still have to enact your, your long-term vision and methodology, even though it's, away to Liverpool and it's a third match. I mean, the, for me, the, the, you know, the match at match against Burnley this weekend is Mm -hmm. just as important, if not more, because it's, it's, it's a, on paper, a more winnable game. And these are, these are games, you know, last year where we, we didn't execute, we didn't get the job done. We're talking, you know, Brighton at home, um, you know, Leicester away, Wolves away, Palace at home, right? That 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 cost us Champions League football. So I'm not saying we we're looking at Liverpool and oh well, it's a guaranteed loss. But um, you know, Burnley will be another test where guys will have another full week of training. Hope, you know, no setbacks. Hopefully, so you're looking at does Pepe come in? Does Lacazette come back in? Um, does guy like Torreira come back in? Um, you know, you probably would want to get those guys either a start or at least another 30, 35 minutes off the bench to, to have them be ready for Liverpool. Um, but at the same time, you got it. The guys got to guys who are deserved and, and fit and inform are, are going to be the guys who are going to be starting against Burnley. So, um, you know, all things being equal, I think, yeah, you're going to, you, you're going to see Pepe start on the right. You're going to see Lacazette through the middle, probably Aubameyang start on the left. And, um, and then in your midfield, you probably, you know what? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Jaka, Guendouzi, Willick again at home against Burnley. Um, mm. And then, you know, probably, yeah, same exact starting. Eh, do you see Louise? You probably see Louise, but it would, you know, w- would it be harsh on Chambers? to bench him after the performance probably, but you know um, you want to get, you want to get Louise a, a run out before, if he's going to be your, your guy with Socrates, which he is um, until, you know, at least holding gets back. Uh, you, you need to give him a run out and, and have some minutes uh, partnering with Socrates. So, um, but again, these, these are, these are things where guys 
who might play well and you look at him and say, well, yeah, he deserves to start next match. They might not get a start because again, there's com- competition for places and guys, if a guy gets moved out of the 11, doesn't mean he's, he's benched or dropped or, you know, punished, but just that's, you know, Callum Chambers, listen, you're, you're the, you're the fourth center back. Mm-hmm. If everyone's fit and ready to play, that's just, that's the reality of it. So if, if, if our fourth center back is putting in performances like he can against Newcastle, that that's a good thing. Um, and that way, when he does have to rotate in for cup matches and through injuries and suspensions, he's confident and capable based off his past performances. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know that we were also talking about chambers and uh, when we were talking uh, throughout the match there, I think, uh, was it Elliot or it might've been you who yeah. was saying that they, they look, he looked very scared on the ball is that like nerves is that because hey man i'm actually playing i i mean i i thought he did a little bit that's probably being a little harsh uh considering he didn't make any glaring mistakes so i think no. i said that after he he had hit a bit of a bobbler back to uh i think back to Gwenduzi, which put him <laughs> under pressure and that right uh, uh, then he under hit it so we kind of played ourselves in, into into uh into an error there but yeah i think overall listen he i like i said he he gave a professional and Mm -hmm. really no nonsense defensive performance so i think when you're talking about center halves especially arsenal center halves and you're not talking about them making a calamitous error or you know barging into somebody in the penalty box or leaving you know sliding 20 yards to you know, intercept a pass you're never going to get to, which we're, which we're used to that. That's a good thing. So, so the fact that, you know, yeah, maybe I was being a little harsh on his, on his passing. And I think he was in general looking to just get rid of it as opposed to, you know, play, maybe be a little more intricate out of the back. But again, you're, you're away. Um, You're especially after the goal, you're protecting the lead. So really what you want to do is just be no nonsense if you're under a bit of pressure, listen, you can't, they can't score from, you know, 20 yards uh, inside their own half. Once you, once you boot it down the sideline. So that, that's, uh, that's not a bad strategy, uh, you know, when it comes down to it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, I, I would agree. Um, when in doubt, clear it out. Right. Um, is, is the type of thing that I like always go by. Um so I mean, overall, it was it was a good win. Um, like you said, these are the types of games that we need to capitalize, uh, especially um, away, and not cons- not not you know get goals uh, scored on us, um, and, and and get the results against the the, the lower opposition if you want to call them lower. You know, I don't, I don't think any team uh, in the Premier League is. Cl- should be classified as a lower team because at any given point or day, uh, you know, they can come out and beat you. I mean, look at Brighton beat Watford three, three nil. Um, so it going, okay. I, I know that, you know, you, you, you don't like to base everything on the first match. So, you know, kind of set that aside. We're looking at Liverpool four one, uh, to, uh, against Norwich man city, man city five nil, uh, against West Ham, uh, you have Tottenham beating three-one uh, Aston Villa, and then you have Manchester United beating Chelsea four-nil. Uh, based on these results, um, 
and the way that these teams have played, Ryan, how do you see, even with the signings that Arsenal have made, how do you see Arsenal stacking up uh, for the rest of the season against these teams? Well, you know, I, I think it's, honestly, I think it's far too early to make any sweeping generalizations. I mean, I know that's, that's kind of what we do, especially on Twitter. Um, you know, it's, 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 fun to make fun of Chelsea and Lampard and <laughs> Christian Pulisic after they get smashed for nothing, but it's also fun to make fun of United and their kind of joke of a run uh, backroom organization. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd look at it this way from an Arsenal standpoint. Last year we had one clean sheet away from home. Mm-hmm. One. We we've already matched that <laughs> season, right? With with a heavily rotated uh, kind of patchwork available eleven. So um, the performance wasn't, you know, something to write home about or memorable by any means. But it was it was professional. It was there. There were signs that were there. Um, you know, I think building on the things we saw in preseason that carried over to Sunday's match, um, both, both good and bad to be fair. But I think if, if I'm Unai Emery, I'm looking at that and saying, I feel, I feel very good about that because you, you see guys who are buying in. Um, if this is going to be this, the system, you know, um, although there might be, you know, uh, rotational formations, you know, throughout the season, but this is going to be kind of a core template, a four, two, three, one, I think that gives guys the ability to to latch onto that, understand their roles, understand how they're supposed to play, um, gives them more freedom, more confidence, knowing that this is this is what they're gonna, you know, be, how they're gonna be lining up, how they're gonna be, you know, moving the ball, moving, you know, they're moving their runs and, and rotating back defensively. So all, all that that plays a big part. So that'll be that's kind of more what I'm looking for in the, in these next couple matches to see what, what kind of patterns start to develop both with, you know, formation tactics, team selection. And, uh, um, yeah, again, I, th- I think the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways is, is how the, the young players stepped up. Uh, obviously we got to talk, talk about Maitland Niles. Mm, he was phenomenal. Yeah. I think, uh, I think he still showed his, you know, he's, he's still learning the position. I think he was caught out, on a few balls, you know, over, over and behind him. Uh, I think positionally just was caught just a few, few yards upfield, but um, obviously great instinct on the interception, which started the the move mm-hmm. forward. And then, you know, took his time, composure, picked out a bombing, clipped it into him. And then uh, oh, it was, you know, class composed finish. And that, that, that's what, you know, what ended up being the the difference, obviously. Um, I think that you, you look at him, you, you know, that, that actually that goal, you know, goal reminded me of, um, remember Ozil's goal against Bayern where, when Bellerin stepped in front, kind of similar position on the field, stepped in front and just, you know, sprinted, sprinted in, intercepted it, you know, just absolutely blew down the field and then and crossed it into Ozil. That that's, that's what that reminded me of. And that's, that's something of a, I think, playing off the counter like that um granted it was a turnover but being able to play off the counter having guys who can who are sprinters who are just athletes who can get out into open space and get defenders on their heels like that um 
you know, that's where the guys like Pepe and, and obviously Oba and Laka and, and even, you know, Ceballos, uh, Tierney, of course, when he, get, when he comes in, that, 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 that just makes our team and, and identity completely different from what we learned, la- what we were last year altogether. And, uh, that, that was that, that type of goal was just awesome to see. It was a throwback type mm-hmm. kind of arsenal counterattacking, just running at, running at teams, getting them, you know, looking all over the place, not knowing who to mark. Mkhitaryan, uh, to be fair, actually had a, I thought a great little decoy run. He, he ran in the channel right underneath Maitland Isles, which brought, uh, LaSalle's Newcastle's defender. He pulled him over to Mkhitaryan's run, which opened up that huge gap, uh, which gave Aubameyang all that space. And so, um, those, those are little things that, again, doesn't show up on the stat sheet for Mkhitaryan, but it would, that, that, you know, that willingness. Smart playing. To, yeah, exactly. Willingness. And he, and he, that's what he is. He is a smart player. I mean, the, the execution, the technique might not always be there hundred percent of the time, but he, you can tell when he has the ball or when he's about to receive the ball, he's, he's looking a player two ahead and he's got the ability to pick that out. And, um, you know, so that's, that's, I love seeing that type of goal. That was, that was a fun goal to score. And, and so, you know, got us running, running at teams and, and, and using our legs and, and, you know, hopefully see much more of that to come. Yeah. I think Maitland Niles uh, has matured so much in that position that it's making me think, you know, maybe he's going to give Hector a run for his money in that position. I mean, he's not, he's not, he hasn't done anything completely like mega outrageous errors in that position. I think he's very smart when it comes to his running uh, clearly, we saw that interception uh, that that led to the goal. Um, I, I don't mind him playing there. I kind of I, I feel at ease knowing that he's playing on that on that right side. Um, and he's he's a pretty smart defender as well. I mean, he's 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 pretty strong and quick. Uh, so I don't I don't mind him uh, in that position at all. Yeah. So he's he's willing. You know, he's he's professional. He's he will, he will graft, he'll run, he'll get back. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you have to worry about him. Like you said, committing any kind of mental errors. It might be the, the technical execution at times, but overall a, a, a decent squad player. Yeah. He's definitely the best, the best youngster that was playing on the pitch. Um, you know, to be fair, uh, um, uh, to be honest, actually, um, I, I wasn't really too impressed by Joe Willick. Um, I just I didn't see it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he was he was getting very tight. You could see that he was his legs were catching up to him uh, towards the end there. And obviously that made that was the change that was made. Uh, I, I thought he had too many turnovers, if I'm if I'm correct. Um, so this is, this is the thought. So this is, this is interesting, right? Cause so he played at the number 10, which mm. our highest paid player plays in that same position. Um, I thought Willick, I mean, yeah, he, he overall, listen, I mean, look at Newcastle setup. They had, they were playing a back five. They weren't playing a back three. They were playing a legit back five mm-hmm. Basically, at, at a bank of, of four in midfield and five at the back. So not really no, not a ton of room for Willick to really, operate in and, and receive the ball. And I, I thought he was, he struggled to get on the ball, uh, especially in that first half, because again, there just wasn't a lot of room. And I think, um, you know, and also keep in mind, 
in the preseason, he was playing deeper. He was playing as part of the kind of a midfield too. So he had more, you know, more touches, more opportunities on the ball. So, mm. but it, but it's funny because he, so that when Ozil plays in that position or he's kind of fl- a floating midfielder like that, mm-hmm. and there's legitimately, you know, 10 men, nine men behind the ball, just sitting there in, in two banks like that. It's just difficult for somebody to in that position to, to get enough touches, get enough space and time to really impact the game. Um, and so it's funny because like Ozil gets absolutely murdered, right. When he doesn't say, like, Oh, is he even playing? He hasn't touched the ball in 10 minutes. <laughs> well, I, I think, and you, you mentioned that with Willick, he's kind of at times anonymous because I mean, I, I don't think of, you know, to his fault, but when you, when you have, you know, two central midfielders, two defenders, and then, wide players who are basically pinched in as, as, as other central midfielders, there's just not a ton of room to operate, receive the ball turn. Um, I, I thought, I thought he, I thought he handled his physical duels very well. I think there was mm-hmm. a couple of times he, he was, he was, uh, you know, got somebody on his back, kept them off, held the ball, got fouled. I mean, he, they were rotational fouling him like crazy. I was, I was message, messaging that in, in the WhatsApp group and, yeah, and we Mark, Atkin, Mark Atkinson, who's the, cancerous smug smuggest prick of all the referees just just you know like, he he really like he, hates like he doesn't just, just uh like you know yeah can't be bothered just that, don't that doesn't matter i don't like like dude you don't <laughs> you don't just give a yellow card for a perceived like sliding tackle like there is there is a law for rotational fouling and you know fabian Shar had about five six fouls that and then just that yeah, 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 play on as you were like so that was well, yeah. he only he only gave one yellow card to newcastle and arsenal got like three yeah on the on the dive by almiron yeah yeah it, it uh, was crazy but yeah so so to you know to willick uh that those are those these, these are tough matches to play to operate in that in that space because there's just you don't get the opportunities that you do um especially out wide or um but I think what Arsenal tried to do, which I think we kept seeing, is even our wide players and even fullbacks where we're we're pinching inside mm-hmm. um, to try and overload those spaces because that's where you know that's where those bodies were. So I think Nelson did a good job. He dropped a little bit deeper. He was coming inside, uh, moving the ball. I, I, I think what Willock and Nelson both do really well is they don't they don't dwell on the ball. They don't. They receive it. They look up. If nothing's there forward, they'll move it, cycle it out, move, find space, get it back. They don't. They don't slow the play down. So so it accelerates the play. And I think we struggled with that a ton last year. I think uh, you know Maitland Niles does that as well. He he mm-hmm. gets the ball if there's an opportunity to to push it ahead and, and run at guys. He does. You know he's not. So you know sometimes I think he try try to go through about three or four guys at once. Um, that didn't work out, but he's he's a willing dribbler. He's a willing runner. Um, so that's that that's what you need, especially against a pack defense. You need to move them around. You need to move them side by side. Get them get them running. Get them on their heels. So um, those guys did that, and um, yeah, again, just just overall very professional and and looked like a very mature performance from Willick, even though a lot of stuff didn't come off and it wasn't uh, you know didn't create really chances of note, but I thought he, he grafted and, and fought hard in that midfield. Yeah. They, they, they certainly came out to play and then they certainly, um, you know, were proving themselves um, even though how young they were, um, I, you know, a win is a win and I'm happy for it. Um, you know, 
moving along to Sunday's, uh, sorry, Saturday's match, uh, you know, you have Burnley who's coming fresh off a win, fresh off a high against Southampton um, out of all, out of anybody, Uh, you know, three nil. Um, Should we be a little bit more concerned about Burnley? Um, I'm usually concerned with Burnley's because they don't try and play football. I mean, they're, they're going to, you know, you look at their goals, they scored, it's yeah. Set pieces and crosses. So, um, the, the things that did concern me on for the Newcastle match is how we're, we still didn't really engage with the Newcastle players once they had possession in our attack in our final third uh, mm-hmm. i thought you know you saw shelby got a shot off would hitch the post hit the post uh joe Ellington had a chance where he kind of collected in between like Xhaka, socrates and chambers had time to, to to turn dribble get a shot off which luckily was straight at leno um so i think we're still a little um reactive and uh we need to be able to we need to be able to engage those players, especially Burnley is going to get the ball wide. We know what they're going to do get the ball wide, whip in crosses, look to look to play on the counter, hit long balls over the top. So if we're, you know, sitting back on our heels and not allowing those those crosses to come in and not kind of closing down those areas, then then they can hurt us. But um, you know, playing at home should be a little bit more open. Should not you know, ton of possession. Hopefully we see our our full attacking talent on display, and I think again if you know we come out with with that intensity, um, a little more sharpness after a game in the books and and another full week of training, I think uh, you know we shouldn't have any issues. You, you, like you still give the youngsters a run out, right? Like I mean, Willick, you know Nelson, or is there or is there maybe some tweaking? I mean, I don't, I don't, I think. Uh, it all depends. Like I think if Pepe's fully fit and, you know, deemed match ready, then I think he's going to start. I think he should. I mean, um, I don't, you know, you paid 72 million pounds for him. So mm-hmm. what, what better position to start him at home against Burnley? You're going to have a ton of possession. You know, he's not going to have to, you know, be sprinting back and forth, really tracking their, their fullback. I mean, they'll get, they'll, they'll get, they'll get forward when they do have possession, but they're going to have possession, you know, 30% of the time. So I think it's a perfect match for him if he's ready. Um, and then if Lacazette's fit, you know, he should start with a bombing. So yeah. that, that, that probably rules out Nelson and, and Mkhitaryan. And then, yeah, maybe I think Wick um, maybe does get the start again. I don't, I don't think Ozil is going to be available. So, um, you know, Ceballos, had a cameo. Um, so he'll be in contention and then, yeah, we got Terrera as well. So again, good, good problems to have, but I think all those guys will be, I, you know, more than capable. Um, I'd like to see a Terrera Guendouzi combo just to Mm. see. Um, I mean, again, but you know, Xhaka in a, against a pack defense, he, he does have the ability to kind of pick out that, that line breaking, uh, pass and then ball over the top. And he, he spun in a few good passes, um, at Newcastle as well. So he's not without his qualities, but I think, I think Terrera gives you that tenacity, that, that defensive engagement that I think we lack without him on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And Gwen is your, is your progressive passer and, and connecting, you know, from midfield to attack. So I, I'm, I'm excited about the possibilities to be honest. I want, you know, last year we had, 
you know, how many times were starting 11 got announced and the fans were, were up in arms and <laughs> how can, you know, how can you pick, why are you playing five defensive mids, even though we don't have five defensive mids, but you know, why are you playing three at the back at home to palace? Uh, you know, so I, I think with the options that we have, you know, again, does David Louise come in? He probably does. Um, these, these are all good, you know, combinations and rotations. And I think, I, you know, wh- whoever gets, if, if you take any of those guys on the bench, you know, probably minus Martinelli, if any of those guys are starting, I don't think really anyone's going to be upset, right? Like there's it, qualities there where any one of those guys, you could arguably say they they are in our, our best 11. So, um, yeah, we'll see what em- Emery does and um, and who, who gets gets the nod. Yeah, I'm generally excited. All I, you know, I mean, I I don't care if we win these games one nil. Um, It's a win. It's a win. So uh, I'm definitely hoping that uh, we do see Pepe, uh, not only because, yeah, like you said, he was 72 million, but because he's also on my uh, fantasy Premier League. And I'd like to get some points because it was a really, really bad week. Um, But I mean, this weekend coming, we have some pretty good matches, you know, Manchester City versus uh, Tottenham. That's uh, that 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 should be a, a doozy. Um, I'm hoping that uh, that, uh, you know, Tottenham loses. Um, I yeah. Anyways, um, I, I think, you know, that's it for me, uh, Ryan. Um, if uh, unless you wanted to bring up some other stuff that you want to talk. Actually, you know what? I wanted to talk to you quickly about this. Um, we, we were talking about it. Um, Klasenach and Mesut Ozil um situation uh it's it, it goes beyond football and uh it's gone to the point where i've i've read that uh Kalasinac's wife has moved back to germany mm-hmm. and there's a possibility that uh, ozo might come to the mls i mean what do you think the chances of that happening well i i mean i that i don't know i just i think in general though this is this is a very disturbing situation forget you know football and being you know being able to you know play for arsenal it's this is about their livelihood and safety Mm -hmm. of of just you know living every day in london and that's it's it seems like you know this is either a the most arrogant and just confident little gang of, of criminals that are just you know trying to get their retaliation or their, their vengeance for being embarrassed, you know, because of that video, right. Where, where Kalasnach chased them off um, either that, or there's something far more sinister at play here. And I, I really don't want to speculate because nobody has any, any of that information, but yeah, um, it's just, it's just bizarre for it, where it, where it gets, it's gotten to this stage where there's, you know, 24 sevens armed security surrounding their houses and, 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 you know, German shepherds on patrol because there's been attempts at their house. And like you said, their family members are, are simply do not feel safe living there. And that's so that this, this has to get, has to get sorted and settled. And hopefully the authorities are, are they, you know, they've made a couple arrests. So they, hopefully it's, this is not something more sinister where it's, it's some kind of, I don't know, business deal gone horribly wrong and <laughs> i you know again um it, it, it's it's hard it's hard to fathom because i mean these, yeah. guys, these guys are such obviously public figures so it's, there's no you know 
no surprise to see a, especially in London where everything's kind of super concentrated, um, as it is, but you just, I can't remember anything like this happening really in any sport where there's yeah. been kind of targeted, um, campaign of, of crime. And they, and they so brazenly come out and said, we we're going to not just take their cars and watches. We're going to, we're going to take everything. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that, I don't even know what that means, but like, <laughs> like that, like this is, this is some like, you know, narco, like cartel type hey, shit that you, you see in movies and shows. You don't, you don't, you don't see this and, and it really is real life sporting personality. So it's just, well, it's just bizarre. It's crazy. I mean, the only thing that I can think of is minor Figueroa's brother being shot and killed in, in, uh, Guatemala, uh, or Nicaragua. Was it? What, no. what He's uh, isn't he Honduran? Honduran, that's right. Yeah. Honduras. Yeah, well, that's uh, you do you do see that, but that's 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 back, you know, in, in yeah, athlete's home, right? I mean, yeah, the old country. So David Ortiz, the retired baseball player, got shot when he yeah. was in, uh, back in his home country. Um, that's crazy. And, and, you know, that's that's somewhat more common because they're 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 even more. Yeah, they're even more targeted. targeted. Yeah, and once they go home, because everybody knows who they are there. But yeah, this is this is just pretty shocking so you hope the authorities have have a better grasp on it than they did a week ago and get to the bottom of it now do you think is it arsenal providing this security or like i mean what is arsenal saying about like i don't think yeah that's i've heard question i mean i I think they've put out just like a like obviously a statement of support and they're they said i think they said they're working with the authorities to um i don't know i mean i I think I don't think Arsenal is a club. I mean, obviously they have their own security personnel that travels mm-hmm. with the team and, and is that you know at, at the home ground. And but I I don't think they're equipped to deal with anything like this. So I think this this is something that's definitely you know contracted out to a to a third party who who's you know does this. But again, you yeah. see it you see it with government officials or mm-hmm. you know like I said like uh, big large business both legal and, and illegal um are, right. are are accustomed to this but not not footballers i mean come on it's crazy yeah man it, it is it is um it is a very serious situation and and i'm i mean we're all hoping that uh, everything can get squared away and nobody gets harmed in the process I, you don't want to see that you don't want to hear about that um these are still you know human beings regardless Oh, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, aside from that, I didn't want it to get too dark. Um, it is a happy time. Arsenal did win uh, this weekend, so we should all rejoice. Let's get back to the rejoice, uh, rejoicefulness uh, that is, um, you know, our club. Uh, that's all I have, uh, Ryan, um, unless you have anything else that you want to bring up. Um, I- I'm I'm good. No, man, that's uh, that's it for me. Uh, that, that's that's awesome. Appreciate the chat. Yeah, no, I always appreciate the chat. It's very, uh, I, I always learn from you every time you talk about strategy and tactics. I love it. Um, so I always appreciate you coming uh, onto the podcast. Um, we shall uh, talk to you guys after the Burnley match, maybe before, but definitely afterwards for a recap of that match where we hope that the Arsenal uh, do come out victorious once again. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, that has been a Straight Out of Islington podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, Like I said, all of the links and everything uh, about us are in the descriptions down below. Thank you for listening, uh, and we'll talk to you guys um, at a later time.
Peace.